You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to a little early Thursday edition of the Yanks Go Yard Podcast. I'm Adam Weinrib alongside Thomas Carinante. The World Series is far from decided. Two games a pop. You got to worry about the Houston Astros again. Justin Verlander towing the rubber in Philadelphia today for what might be his final start as an Astro and what might be the final start before he joins the New York Yankees as a 40-year-old man. We'll have to talk about it, unfortunately. But more importantly in Yankee Universe, today is the start of the cycle. Brian Cashman and Aaron Boone talking tomorrow. Aaron Boone going to be on the Michael K. Show today. His first interview since the Yankees' elimination. Uh, is he going to say anything of note? We'll talk it out. We know he's coming back. The Cashman thing is way weirder. He's talking tomorrow. He doesn't have a contract. And we still don't know if he's coming back to the New York Yankees. Feels safe to assume, but then again, wouldn't that have been mentioned by now if it was 100% assured that there was no change in the order of operations there? We'll talk about it. And the Yankees have one more extremely important free agent. No, not on the field. Someone you're probably not thinking about distracted by Aaron Judge and Anthony Rizzo. Unfortunately, we'll deliver some more bad news. But first, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us those five-star reviews, mailbag questions. If you're so inclined, we're happy to answer them. Um, And you can find us live on YouTube, typically, typically at 2 o'clock Eastern time on Mondays and Thursdays. Not today, though, because I happen to be getting married this weekend. So pretty fun for me, but I got to do a lot of business beforehand. So that means an early live stream. And the last time you'll hear me until Monday, uh, November 14th, I believe. Uh, So I'll be back for the uh, Aaron Judge signs with San Francisco as soon as offseason begins podcast. Uh, Thomas Carinante, welcome to the pod. Uh, What's going on in your world? A scale of one to ten, how excited are you to listen to Aaron Boone today on the Michael K show? He's he's probably going to open some eyes, right? He's going to break new ground, drop some some real bombs, and maybe do some slam poetry. Honestly, maybe something happens. Last time he was on the Michael K show, it was kind of contentious um, when Michael K questioned yeah. um, the usage uh-huh. of Matt. The, uh, was the usage of uh, Matt Carpenter, right? Batting him clean up. Yeah. Um, come on. And- everybody what everybody wanted. That Come on, Michael. You're everybody, that's unbelievable. Uh- and then there was uh, there was one other thing. What other what what else happened? Now I can't. Well, Kay, Kay and and Curry and Flaherty were screaming about Boone using Lou Trevino in Game yes. Three instead of Garrett Cole. They pretty much went around the round table saying, "You're Boone's a shithead. This move sucked." Yeah. And then after Game Four, Michael Kay went on and screamed about um, you know using the 04 Red Sox as motivational tape. That's the one I would love to get him to ask Boone today, like. Hey, who oh, yeah. did that? Is that guy fired? Like, whose idea was that? Why'd you tell us that? And why'd you do that in the first place? Yeah, there was, I swear there was something else, though, like directly with Boone and Michael K outside of um, outside of the uh, the Carpenter thing. I will find it before we're done podcasting. But either way, either way, there was there was there was stuff going on, and that was in the middle of an that was in the middle of a playoff run. Um so uh, you have to imagine uh, things are going to be a little bit more difficult to discuss because now we're talking post-sweep. This is the first time they're going to appear in front of the media after uh, game four of the ALCS. Mm-hmm. Um, 
this is the first time that they actually have to address offseason questions, um, like for real, obviously talking about Judge and, um, you know, a few other guys leading up to, uh, you know, the, the trade deadline or even the end of the regular season or even when things were looking a little bit bleak in October. Um, it's much different when the offseason slate is the only thing that's sitting in front of you. Um, you can kind of deflect the questions during the season. It's like, look, that's off-season business. We have a goal to take care of. You're talking about in the playoffs. It's like, why are you even asking that question? We, we're battling in the playoffs. We're trying to win a World Series. Like, I, you have the you have the outs as a player and a manager, and even as an executive, um, to deflect those. Um, can't deflect them now. Off-season could begin as soon as Saturday, um, or I guess Sunday. Technically, it begins mid the midnight after the World Series. Um, so, you know, if one of the teams wins tonight and then Saturday, well, we could, we could be in a, we could be in a very, uh, very hasty position here. Um, talking free agency on Sunday and Monday, uh, and who knows what happens? Who knows? Remember guys, we had a very different off season last year. Um, lockout happened. Um, I understand some guys did rush, uh, to get those deals done. Um, because they wanted security pre-lockout, and some teams, such as the Texas Rangers, were smart enough to um, uh, get players that they actually wanted, as opposed to sitting around for however you didn't know how long the lockout was going to last, and it lasted long enough to derail a bunch of teams' endeavors on the free agent and trade market. So this year, who knows what the frenzy is going to look like? You have a lot of te- you have a lot more um, contenders this time around, and now you have the two extra playoff spots. And we're looking at this year, the Philadelphia Phillies are in the World Series. Last year, they wouldn't have been. Last year, they wouldn't have been for so many reasons. They wouldn't have made the playoffs. Bryce Harper wouldn't be playing. Like, there'd be no universal DH. These rule changes really matter. Not the runner on second and extra innings. But you change the, the 2022 Philadelphia Phillies are two wins away from the World Series. And they should not be here by the letter of the law from 2021 in multiple ways. They should have finished under 500 probably without Bryce Harper. Yeah. Um, so you're looking at the end. Look at all of the different factors we have here, right? You have the Mets early exit um, in the playoffs in the wild card round, coupled with a few uh, vacancies that they have. Steve Cohen's, I think, ready to spend yet again. Um, all signs are kind of pointing to that. You have the Dodgers, another disappointing exit with a number of uh, big decisions to make. Uh, chief among them, uh, are you going to non-tender Cody Bellinger, who's due between 18 and 19 million next year? Um, are you going to pick up Justin Turner's 16 million dollar option? Um, you got the San Francisco Giant teams. Like, who do we got here? We got the Giants. We got the Cubs. We got the Rangers. Um, we have the Mariners. We have the Cardinals. All teams with a lot of money to spend. I think most. I think the only. Even the Braves, you look at the Braves, the Braves have $150 million, I think, committed to next year's payroll. And they have a core of seven players for the next five to ten years. So they could break the bank right now and say, you know what, we're going for it. This, you know, we can we can figure out a way to have maybe an eighth core player, someone of, you know, judge's caliber. I don't know. Um, so you toss in all those factors um, and things can get wild from the jump. Um, certain free agents could get blown away with offers right, um, uh, right at the onset. Um, and they might be like, you know what, man, sign this deal. I'll have a pretty calm off season. I'll know what team I'm, I'm on. I'll start my training. I'll be comfortable for next year. Like I think players are, uh, are kind of, uh, leaning toward that direction, especially after maybe some who learned after the lockout, like sitting around for months was not fun. And we even saw issues like, for example, what was it? Uh, Craig Kimbrell in 2019. He didn't sign with the Cubs until like June after yeah, coming off a World Series run with the Boston Red Sox. Like even Harper, Harper and Machado didn't yeah, sign until the until middle March. of March that year. Yeah. yeah, absolutely crazy. So I think um, a we're gonna have more aggressive spenders, um, and that's for a multitude of reasons. A lot of uh, teams have the financial flexibility. Um, a lot of teams have a desire to contend, and you have the extra playoff spots. Um, and uh, you just don't know what's going to happen, man. So it could be Monday could be a very, a very big and long free agency episode. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The Rangers were smart. I, I think a lot of people are still laughing at the Rangers. They're like, really? You signed two of the top, two of the top shortstops last year and you still sucked? They added Bruce Bochy. Like, a little behind schedule like the chris woodward rangers sucked yeah but nate year lau one is always 30. tough too yeah nate nate lau hit 30 homers this year Semyon was a little weird seager didn't look like somebody you really want for 10 years but maybe you get bruce bochi maybe you get Degrom and kershaw this offseason which people are talking about awesome. and then all of a sudden like who cares about Corey seager's year nine and ten because year yeah. two and three you have a chance to win the west and go to the world series or at least Get that last wild card spot. Like the the Phillies, two pitchers, three if you count Ranger Suarez, uh, which you probably should. So three pitchers for the Phillies. But you add two aces to the Rangers. You got Corey Seager mashing homers. You got Simeon. You got Nate Lau assigned one more guy. And then all of a sudden your lineup looks pretty good too. Uh, that's it. Who knows? Um, there are going to be a lot of teams making immediate moves this offseason. Hopefully. Hopefully. Um, heard a lot of people talk about the benefits of having a normal offseason this year for training, for, for everything. I would think that you wouldn't want to opt out of having a normal offseason. So uh, the Yankees are probably going to want to find uh, a solution in place. A GM? In the GM role, uh, <laughs> whether it's whether it's Brian Cashman or not, you're going to want to move on this. Uh, so if Brian Cashman does announce tomorrow, like, hey, I'm you know getting elevated. I'm stepping up into the front office. Like, I'm going even further. I'm, I'm now the head of GMs or, or whatnot. President of baseball ops hiring a GM below him presumably you better have that name in mind yes. you better not you better not be walking into friday being like i'm abdicating the throne and we will be hiring our new gm uh, several years from now uh kind of unbelievable this week too that we watched the brooklyn nets uh the new york yankees yes network compatriots completely fall apart uh obviously for good reason there's an anti-semite on that team and he plays a prominent role but the team has also been awful and they had a head coach who was you know, not experienced, was brought in mainly, you know, great player. Let's see if he can translate his skills. Uh, let's give him his first crack at head coaching. And I guess Kevin Durant and and the anti-Semite point guard handpicked him or whatnot. And and the team is spiraling. And so they say, hey, he's fired. Uh, the New York Yankees have a manager, which is the head coach of the baseball world, uh, who is, again, a player, 
not a no coaching experience, uh, not as good a player as Steve Nash, but still a player. Yeah. Uh, and Steve Nash lasted like two years, and uh, there were some great first year, bumpy second year, gone six games into this season. Aaron Boone, great 2018, even better 2019, rough short in 2020, brutal 2021. 2022, uh, phenomenal, and then steers directly into the skid, and, and the second half 2022 Yankees are a flop. And Aaron Boone is basically the Yankees manager in perpetuity. Like he, Steve Nash gets two plus years, two years and a couple of weeks, and the Nets are like, he's gone. Aaron Boone, the Yankees player manager with the same level of experience, is just like, hey, when do you want to leave? Like he's got the he's got the Cashman deal. He's got like, hey, you want to do this a couple more years? You want us to let you you know explore your options, go hang out with your uh, Playboy playmate wife? Like he has a deal for life too for whatever reason. So um, I don't. Th- He's he's not going to get grilled on Friday, but he's also not going to give us any semblance of an answer about anything. He's never. What's an example of Boone like copping to something, being like, "Yeah, we were wrong there," or what? Like, and it's been long enough since the end of the season. They're not going to be like, "What's with that Lou Trevino move in Game Three? Can you justify that?" Like, he's not going to be asked to answer for this season. He's just probably going to be asked about the. You know, the media is probably going to ask him about the booze and all the narratives they're trying to push. Maybe. I really don't know. I just know if this was uh, if this was the EPL, Boone probably would have been gone after the uh, the 2018 loss to the Red Sox in the ALDS. The forget the amount of the amount of forgiveness the Yankees have given someone who I'm and I'm not, look I'm not I, am I saying Boone should be fired? I don't know, but, but I think there's much deeper problems than that. I think he doesn't help with the problems that we're presented with. But if this is so many other places. So many other places, like you've talked about previously, uh, Boone's gone probably after yeah. 2020 at the at the or at the at the absolute latest. Maybe Padres fire Boone. The Angels yeah, it's fire like, Boone. The Rangers yeah. fire Boone. I don't know. I'm con- look. Uh, maybe maybe they don't ask the right questions. I'm kind of confident that we might hear some of the right questions um, just based on the backlash. It's reached a point. You know, the Yankees. What the Yankees have done has reached a certain boiling point. Right? We haven't seen. Um, I guess this long of a championship drought um, since like the seventies into the nineties, right? Like that. Uh, seven, yeah, seventy-eight to ninety-six. So they've gone yeah. eighteen years before. This is gonna be fourteen next fall. So, yeah. and in Close. between that, there were thirteen straight missed playoff appearances. So, like, um. Thankful we don't have that, right? Once again, you know, we are uh, we are blessed in certain ways. However, um, you know, treading mediocrity uh, among contenders is is really not where you want to be either. Um, that just, you know, that gives you a reputation of choking or, um, you know, not being able to do, um, uh, uh, you know, more with more resources, which is kind of what we talked about about Brian Cashman. He constantly does less with more. Um, so, and the manner in which, like you said, we had the Michael K going off and the yes panel going off about the, the Garrett Cole, Lou Trevino switch. We had David Cohn on his John boy media podcast, talking about why Yankees fans booing the players during the ALCS was justified. Would he have done it? No. Would we do it? No, but it's not crazy to be like, I can't believe they're, uh, it's not crazy to, to think that, oh, uh, yeah. you know, that it's you can't assume it's egregious that booing players for what you just witnessed, which was a ho- historically bad postseason showing. Um, it, it's it's just the wrong way to go about it. Like there's an there's a cause and there's an effect. Um, the Yankees fans were in the stands waiting for a moment. They got no moment for literally most of the playoffs, like even those wins against the Guardians weren't really satisfying. They were just like, oh, you you should have done that. Great. Thank you. Um, you have Kay flipping out and even Jeter commenting on the 2004 ALCS highlights. Like Jeter didn't say anything inflammatory because that's not what he does. He's, he's, he's a diplomat in every sense of the word. Um, but his comments was, I don't feel comfortable talking about it to this day. It makes me sick even thinking about it. And I think that that kind of says all you need to know. You have the Mariano Rivera comments, um, which he backtracked on. Um, and was more so speaking generally, you know, who would be responsible sure. in this instance, if you were on the Yankees and this play was happening and there was another early postseason um, exit, 
who's held responsible? And he says the manager. And then you're, everyone's looking and they're like, well, the manager is Aaron Boone right now. So um, should he be fired? Um, he backtracked and said he was speaking generally, thought Boone should keep his job, whatever. Um, and, uh, and then you have this Bryce Harper narrative during the World Series. Um, and even the Manny Machado narrative up until the NLCS. Yankees, um, uh, I think it's worth asking someone like Aaron Boone um, for the media um, or even Cashman, because Cashman will be at, at the presser, you know, when we're, you know, tomorrow or today, Aaron Boone's on the Michael K show tomorrow. They're both together um, in front of the media. Um, it's going to be, I don't, I don't see why it wouldn't be a talking point. Hey, you know, uh, your old comments on Bryce Harper, Mr. Cashman are surfacing on social media. Uh, you said there was no room for him and you had too many outfielders, but at the time those outfielders were um, uh, Jacoby Ellsbury. Oh, um, that's the one I was missing. Yeah. Aaron Hicks, Jackson, Frazier. Frazier. Those are guys that you, you know, those are the guys you couldn't make room for. And then shortly after um, missing out on Machado and Harper, you sign Aaron Hicks to a seven year extension. Um, or I, I mean, more specifically in this case, Harper, because Machado wouldn't have um, really affected that. Um, but yeah, I mean, you have a lot of points of contention. You got a lot of people frustrated. Um, I know Yankees media generally are not Yankees fans, um, but you can kind of see them embodying the frustration as well. Um, a lot of people commenting on these things. It's like, hey, Yankees passed on two generational talents in free agency and they had vacancies to make it happen. What's that about? I'd like to I'd like to maybe hear Cashman admit he was wrong. Yeah. I mean, I maybe he maybe there will be some closure if he's able to do that. I feel like there's so much like, you know, as men. Some of us emotionally, you're pushing stuff down. Cashman just continues to push down all the mistakes. So how is he going to sleep at night? How is yeah. his stomach not has, has it not been eaten eaten alive by now? He he just wakes up and pukes. He, he wakes <laughs> up and all comes out at three a.m. The Harper thing, I would love to hear. Like not just the quote is so bad. It's not just that we have six outfielders. It's that I don't. It's we have six outfielders, and I don't see moving Harper to first base as a viable solution. Nobody asked that. Neither <laughs> do I. Yeah, what the hell are you talking about? And like, it's not like Bryce Harper was some grizzled veteran. Like when Barry Bonds was a free agent yeah. in, in 2007, and everyone was like, that might be a good fit for the Yankees at DH, and then instead he just withered into retirement because nobody wanted to pay, do the risk and pay Barry Bonds and and just sort of blackballed him. Which is even which is weirder in retrospect than it even was back then. Bryce Harper in his prime, ultimate Yankee, and yes, the, the Yankees passed on him because they had six outfielders. Jacoby Ellsbury, I had forgotten about, but obviously that wasn't too much of an impediment because they figured out how to get Jacoby Ellsbury the hell out of the planet of Earth. He wasn't around after that at all. And then Clint Jackson, Frazier, and Aaron Hicks. And Brett Gardner, who was a borderline bench piece at that point anyway, just don't need to be relevant to this decision-making process. And Bryce Harper uh, didn't get a call. Did not get a call from Brian Cashman, a lifelong Yankee fan who in his Sports Illustrated profile in high school said he envisions himself like Mickey Mantle. They have him on record saying that he was shocked the Yankees didn't call him. Uh, He did a video interview at some point and said, you know, that's just, hmm. And, And at one point they, you know, somebody did like, whatever they <laughs> said at one point, like they Scott Boris was like hoping the Yankees would call about Bryce Harper. And then his phone rang and it was the Yankees. And they were just asking about some other nonsense. And he was upset. <laughs> like everybody was upset by this. And, and Bryce just wanted meetings. Bryce just wanted a meeting and he just wanted to learn where the team was and where they stood. He said he knew there probably wasn't room for him because of Stanton, but he just wanted to talk it out, which like, to me, sounds like he understands all the Yankee circumstances and he wants to be a Yankee so badly that he just wants to get on the phone with them and get in the room and be like, look, I'll take 40 million, 50 million fewer dollars. I'll play first base. I promise. Just uh, give me a chance. And, and the Yankees didn't even give him a chance to make his case. It's not like you want to make his case to them. And they did not open that door. Yeah, uh, crazy to not even consider that. And then you look at you have the other questions about the contract. He signed a 13 year, $330 million contract. Is that ideal um, on the surface? Not exactly. But then you look at Harper's free agency case. Um, he was entering his age 26 season before that deal. If you're going to give out a double digit deal for a contract, that's, that's the age you do it. Um, as we've seen the trend across MLB of, uh, you know, guys like Wander Franco, 
um, Fernando Tatis Jr., uh, Julio Rodriguez signing these monster deals before they hit arbitration because, A, the players deserve it if they prove their talent that early, and, B, the organization gets the most out of them, and it's a win-win for both. You get the security, you get the money, and you get the value. Um, and you're looking at Harper's AAV right now, and it's $26 million. That's cheaper than Giancarlo Stanton's AAV. That's a shade above Josh Donaldson's AAV for the last yeah. two years. Ottavino um, and Jay Happ that year they signed equaled, yeah. I think they were 25 mil and Harper's yeah. 26. I, I think you'd prefer Harper probably. Yeah, absolutely. And then you look at the other dealings, right? It's like you invest that much in the bullpen. Zach Britton, Adam Ottavino, Aroldis Chapman, um, It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money for relievers for a guy such as Brian Cashman, who's found relievers off the scrap heap, much like these other small market teams who kind of churn out these faceless guys who are throwing 98 miles an hour. So it was like, really, this is where the money's going. Um, And then there's countless other bad contracts. Like you sign Ellsbury, fine, like eat it. You sign McCann, fine, eat it. Like those guys weren't generational stars. Those guys were just, good free agents at the time who could have filled a void or checked off a box. Um, and the Yankees went hard after them. And then they denied the, the, the undisputed generational stars. I know there were some concerns about both of those guys, right at the time, Manny Machado, sure. kind of an attitude thing. Um, he got out of the world series, you know, stepping on two people at first base, kind of being a poor sport. Yeah. Um, not exactly, I guess um, at the time uh, through his bat, what was that? That time he threw his bat down the third baseline or something. Yeah, he ended Dustin Pedroia's career with a dirty slide. Yeah, this, too. yeah, so a lot of character questions there. I think Manny Machado has matured and emerged as a leader. If I'm not, you know, I, you guys feel free to disagree. But um, the manner in which the Padres have kind of performed under his watch and the manner he's held Fernando Tatis Jr. accountable for um, all the bullshit he's kind of done. Um, and then you look at Harper. There were some concerns. There were injury concerns. A um, lot of issues with him in, in that department. Um, you had the defensive concerns, fine at defense, um, nothing special. Uh, not like if you're giving out a 300 plus million dollar contract, are you, is it really going to be a one-sided thing? But guess what? The Yankees had already done that with Giancarlo Stanton, who's actually a fine defender, but they opt to not play him in the outfield. So um, I think at that point when they realized that um, they had that many outfielders, Stanton was more of a DH, you know, than anything um, given his injury history. Um, the Yankees weren't going to take the chance and do that again. So, I mean, this year, yeah, it may have been a little bit of a problem because of Harper's injury um, and because Stanton's baked into the DH role. But then why do you go and acquire Giancarlo Stanton, who historically also had injury problems, who already had a $300-plus million contract attached to him? Um, and more likely than not, you look at Stanton's body type, you look at how long he's under contract for, and you're like, yeah, this guy's probably DHing for the final six years of his career. So then you you already know you're staring down that barrel. So if you thought theoretically you were staring down the same barrel with someone like Harper, why wouldn't you take the risk on Harper, who was a, a left-handed bat, um, be younger than Giancarlo Stanton, um, and C could actually play the field. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know, man. I think I think there there should be questions relative to this. Um, I wish uh, I wish we were there. I wish they weren't blackballing us from asking the right questions. They're, they they're said no. They said speech. no. Yeah. Why am I not on the Michael K show? <laughs> <laughs> Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? 
outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. The, the 2017 18 offseason where they get Stanton, they're like, well, now we're going to wreck the league. And, and then the World Series MVP uh, for no reason is, uh, you know, Steve Pierce. So it's just like you just never you just never know. It's like this Red Sox core. What do they need to get over the hump? Uh, a career average bench player. Cool. Like what do the Yankees need to get over the hump? We get the 2017 MVP. And uh, no, more hump, more hump to get over. So I would have loved if they would have added Harper to Stanton. And then you get Judge, righty, Harper, lefty, Stanton, righty, right in that middle. That's the classic Yankees thing to do. That's extremely 2002 Yankees. That's like, let's just get Jason Giambi. But, uh, you know, they've done it in the past. So it would have felt like the Monstars, but it was doable. I looked at, you know, because Cashman, we have, we have the big question with Cashman. Um, since, I think, 2002, the Yankees have had either the highest or the second highest payroll in MLB, and they have won World Series. Yeah. Um, once again, buying championships is a hard thing to do, um, but to go one for 18, and then there was a, there was like two or three other times they were in the top three, um, but to go one for 18 with having one of one of the two strongest – organizations in the league that's bad it's not good well and been to been to one world series oh no been to two because they went in 03 right they went in 03 they went no one they uh, went this no since nine. 2002 since 2002 yeah. 18 18 times having the the top or the second payroll been to two world series yeah and they should have won 2003 uh actually yeah. i was looking at that the other day i was like what the hell happened there? that was they were two games kind of forget two games to one yeah, uh, I completely forgot about it. But at the time, though, they were coming off dynasty years, and you're like, "All right, well, I guess every team loses." You know, sometimes kind of weird that, <laughs> kind of weird that the Marlins beat us. But I'm sure this won't be the low point in the next several decades. And then 2004 was worse. Then 2009 was great. And then uh, absolutely nothing since then. Um, all all of that. Uh, yeah, watching the Phillies in the World Series, them being like the the people of Philadelphia have waited 13 years to get back here, and I'm like. Yeah, me too. Except for my team goes to the playoffs every year and then they can't get there. The Phillies didn't go to the playoffs from 2011 to now. And they're just, uh, there they are. Uh, looks like we got to go Astros in the chat. Yeah, uh, buddy, uh, congrats on sticking around this long. I don't know how much longer you're going to make it. Thanks for saying great shows. <laughs> but I will, I'll reserve uh, judgment on the, on the Houston Astros. I, I do feel like uh, a lot of whininess going on from uh, major baseball writers. Um, Let's just talk about the World Series a little bit. Darius Verluga, the Washington Post today, tweeted, like, I got to get the exact uh, wording just because I was like, really, dude? But the so the Astros were caught in uh, in, in t- early 2020s when we all found out about the Astros scheme and, and scandal, right? And uh, really, you know, the, the Rob Manfred thing was like, all right, Lou now suspended, and then the Astros fired him. Inch suspended, the Astros fired him, Alex Cora suspended, and the Red Sox fired him. But what he said was like, well, I'm not going to punish the players, but, uh, you know, their punishment will be, uh, you know, what society deems or, or whatever. And, and you know, that's, you know, Is it? that's a nice thing. That's a nice thing to say. Um, but <laughs> then uh, America responded, and they're like, great, we fucking hate this team, so we're going to boo them. <laughs> and it went really over the top at first. It was like people were bringing inflatable trash cans. People were throwing stuff on the the top where people were dressing like Oscar the Grouch. And it's like, all right. I mean, that was that was a circus. You know, people remember when uh, fans were banned in 2020 and they were like stashing their trash can costumes down the street 
And yeah. then security was like, yeah, you don't just wear that in the road, man. Like, <laughs> you can't even come in the ballpark. Why are you dressed like a trash can? And people tried, but the pandemic took the ability to boo the Astros in the stadium away from people. And the fan in the comments says he embraces the hate. And that's good. You should. You should embrace the hate. But now it's, you know, 2020, 2021 and 2022. Uh, and nobody thinks the Astros are cheating anymore, but they're incredible. They've been to six straight ALCSs. They've been to four of the last six World Series. And you know what happens when great teams are in the ALCS and World Series constantly? People hate them. People still hate the Yankees who've been to one World Series since 2003 and won it. People still hate the Dallas Cowboys who have not been to the NFC Championship since 1996. They haven't been to the Super Bowl or won it since the mid-90s, and that's still the the either the most hated or second most hated NFL team behind the Patriots. People hate people hate cheaters, people hate greatness, and the Houston Astros are both of those. So they're gonna get booed. And yet you have blue check writers, impartial writers, like Barry's for Luga tweeted uh three hours ago. Booing Altuve and Bregman is both tired and inevitable. Through it all, the Astros keep cranking out players, Christian Javier among them, on a team with an outdated reputation that has become an October fixture, however inconvenient that may be. How outdated is the reputation? We found out in 2020, not that outdated. And B, people boo great teams. You're going to tell me to stop booing a great team? I boo the Red Sox. I boo the Astros. I tweak them for cheating, but I also boo them because they've destroyed me a million times. (laughs) Chanting... Fuck Altuve in a mid-May game against the White Sox. That's embarrassing. But when the Astros are in my stadium, I'm going to boo them. And that is normal. And I don't understand why there's this need to police the way people hate the Astros, even though like the Astros fan in the comments is saying he embraces it. They all do. They've been reborn, renewed. They're more annoying on Twitter than ever because of this. So why are blue check people telling me to stop hating the Astros? And then you've got Mattress Mac who is a 300 millionaire, a 70-year-old man in the stadium in Philadelphia. He decided to go to Philadelphia where they are famously Which not is cool. nice. Not nice. Uh, as President Donald Trump said, bad things happen in Philadelphia. Uh, they are mean <laughs> fans. And you know when they're going to be at their meanest? When a team known for cheating is playing them in the World Series on the road. Uh, Mattress Mac was caught yelling, fuck you. Fuck you at uh, some <laughs> random heckler. We did not hear uh, the heckler's side of it. And then Mattress Mac later said, uh, you know, I, I flew off the handle. I was defending our guys. You know, you can say we suck. You can say whatever you want. But when you start attacking their character, that's when I, you know, can't handle it anymore. And somebody said Altuve is a cheater. He's never going to be in the Hall of Fame. Is that the first time you've heard that, Mattress Mac? <laughs> like, this can't be the first time you heard that. People have been calling Altuve a cheater for years. <laughs> this was your introduction to people thinking Jose Altuve is a cheater. Was this guy in Philadelphia with half a cheesesteak still stuck in his throat, just choking it out (laughs) saying he's not making the hall of fame. And by the way, it's going to be an interesting hall of fame case. I actually don't know if Jose Altuve is going to be in the hall of fame or if people are holding against him. Altuve, Bregman, Correa, they all deserve it. But is there going to be this cheating corollary? Anyway, nobody tell Mattress Mac that this is up for debate right now because apparently uh, one loss is enough to just set him off the handle. I hope he recovered nicely last night. Uh, maybe it had a little something to do with the $75 million riding on this World Series too. Something tells me it wasn't just it wasn't just people saying Altuve is a cheater. No! <laughs> Fuck you! Uh, I feel bad. He's legit. Like, I don't know. A 70-year-old 300 millionaire should not be putting himself in this position. Uh, but good for him. Got a win last night. So I guess uh, I guess everyone was nice to him. Yeah, that was that was some wild stuff. It's the fan content you like to see, you know. Uh, you really do like to see it. I, I got I was in stitches over that Philly fan uh, heckling Lance McCullers before the game, just because we've sat in Yankee Stadium so close to the bullpen previously, opposing bullpen pre, uh, in like left field. Um, I've been to game. I've been to a couple Red Sox games, sat in left field, and the fans are just ruthless you know like not say like Alex Verdugo was in left field the opening opening uh weekend um this year and I I would get canceled if I even relayed what they said to him um on that night and it was for a full nine innings um nobody cared this guy who was heckling Lance McCullers it was mostly in good taste um don't think there was there there was like very there was very little profanity there um, he was making fun of the fact that he was, you know, throwing balls 
Um, you know, and Yankee fans fell victim to this last year when Garrett Cole was being heckled, you know, one inch away from him in, you know, throwing in the Fenway Park bullpen. Yeah, that guy like Kermit the Frog. Yeah, he had the Kermit the Frog uh, doll. They were yelling expletives at him. I was in the bullpen with Garrett Cole before that wild card game, though, going, fuck you. <laughs> they were like, what's that a reference to? And I was like, you'll see next year. <laughs> You're about to see. He's going to pitch two innings. Um, <laughs> But yeah, that was like that was in such good taste, uh, and it I maybe it ended up rattling him, maybe it didn't, but uh, gave up a World Series record five home runs in a game. Um, and look, if as sad as it sounds, and I'm willing to admit it, that's the content I'm going to enjoy. That's the content Yankees fans should enjoy at this point. Um, uh, and that's you know, partially a win. You can't get a win against the Astros. Astros own us. I don't know what else you want me to say about they it. Do. I hope they do. It. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I you could put put me on put me on a lie detector test, get me on another podcast. Like, I'll tell you all about it. I've watched it for fucking six years. Um, but like, I'm also gonna have fun when Mattress Mac is blowing a gasket like that in the stands, and when someone's telling Lance McCullers that um, Reese Hoskins hooked up with his girlfriend twice in high school. Um, it's just it's funny stuff, and that's the that's the, that's the fan advantage that uh, a place like Philadelphia has. Um, so uh, it, it makes for it makes for fun content. It makes for um, uh, little small victories when the Astros lose, and you you know it's at the it's potentially at the expense of of that happening. Um, so I'm enjoying it. Uh, one thing that you know you were mentioning about this you know the blue checkmark people trying to condemn the uh, the treatment of the Astros, um, and well, I'm not making this all about Yankees because uh, it's just not what I do, but. What about the regular season Yankee suck chance in random stadiums across the league? Yeah. Like, what about that? Like, nobody says anything about that. And that, and look, it's fine. Like, I don't care if it happens. You're allowed to yell whatever you want as long as it's, like, fairly appropriate and you're not doing anything crazy. But, like, Mets, Red Sox chanting Yankees suck. Red Sox chanting Yankees suck when they're getting pummeled by the Blue Jays in a regular season game. Like, what? Yeah. What's the difference? The difference is the Yankees are not there. And they're not doing any. They're just exist on that day. They're just existing. They could be sucking. I don't even your, know. Yeah. And the Astros are in your stadium for a big playoff game, and they're getting the backlash that whether they deserve or not is is at least fair game. They're there. They're playing. Fans oppose the other team. That's kind of how the whole fucking dynamic works. And we're still trying to feel bad for the Astro. What am I feeling bad for? Six straight ALCS, four World Series appearance. There's nothing to feel bad for. Nothing. Yeah, they don't care. They're, they they certainly don't care. Imagine like any of the, they're the cockiest team in the world. Imagine Alex Bregman getting to the mic being like, this was a very satisfying win. Uh, heard a couple people out there saying we were cheaters. Obviously, this was breaking news to me. Never heard anybody chant that before. Felt especially good uh, to quiet those couple of Philadelphians. No, they do not care. That's what that's been their whole MO. They just want <sighs> baseball games and they do all the time. So you don't need to rush into the white knight into the Twitter verse to be like, we got to stop this, guys. It was predictable that people were booing Bregman, but it's simply tired. It's been two years. You're lucky there aren't more trash can suits in the stands. You're lucky people decided to leave that in 2020. They woke up, they got the vaccine, and they were immediately like, did I wear a trash can costume the last year's Astros game? Oh, I, that might have been overkill. I don't need to be doing that anymore. But other than that, it's fine. To, and they're going to get booed forever. People are not going to forget this. Yeah. People boo their rivals. This is not breaking news. Yeah. What are we doing? At, at Eagles games, they boo the Washington Commanders. Where are the articles like, Why? where is the fairness to the Commanders? It's mean to be booed. <laughs> let's let's give Dan Snyder a pass. He's not that bad of a guy. Yeah, um, come on. Come Predictable on, booze for Dan Snyder. <laughs> come on. I think you just muted yourself. Yeah, I did. I waved my You did it again. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't there know you why. Go. <laughs> um I waved my hand and hit my microphone wire. Um, speaking of things I don't care about also on top of this, uh, Justin Verlander starting game five tonight in Philly. Um, 
likely becoming a free agent after this season. Uh, as you guys remember, the Yankees and Astros were in a two-horse race for Verlander uh, last offseason. Um, Yankees reportedly offered him one year for $25 million, uh, wouldn't offer more, slash wouldn't give him the player option that the Astros ended up giving him for an additional $25 million, um, and that ended up being on the surface, the difference, um, I think he was probably always returning to Houston. I mean, let's be let's be real. Um, but at the same time, you look at it and you're like, could have just offered five more million. Could have just gave a player option for an extra ten million, and then you're fine. Uh, typically, with guys coming off Tommy John surgery, the the year one is more of a bounce back trial year. Year two is where you get the advantage. Justin Verlander bucked the trend. In historic fashion this year, he's going to win the AL Cy Young. He won the ERA title. Absolutely unbelievable season. Um, But, yeah, it could potentially be happening again. Uh, Why? Uh, He's probably going to reject that player option. Um, I don't see there's any reason to pick it up, especially after the fact um, he saw Max Scherzer sign that historic deal. I don't think Verlander is getting something like that, but he could potentially get more. Nonetheless, before game four last night, um, Verlander was asked on the feeling of potentially making his final start with the Astros on Thursday night. And he said, quote, I've really enjoyed my time with this group of guys and the city and getting to know the city. And it's really been a blessing and a wonderful time in my career. Um, the guy was asked a question about potentially leaving. He answered it almost as you'd expect. However, there was no inkling of an insurance of, of an, of an assurance that he might come back. Um, it very much sounded like it was the end of an era, um, depending on how you interpreted this. Um, I'm not looking too far into it, but you look at the consensus on Twitter among fans. Um, they're thinking it's a foregone conclusion. He's probably going to hit free agency and maybe not stay with Houston. Um, and now that's opened up the can of worms with, Hey, are the Yankees going to do this again? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I mean, no. They they missed their shot. They missed their shot in 2017. They missed their shot last offseason. Now they have more pressing needs across the board than any offseason we've been in in recent memory as Yankees fans. And there is no reason to prioritize Justin Verlander. The Yankees don't need. Would I take Justin Verlander? Fuck yeah, I would take Justin Verlander on my team. When you're enumerating the needs and the voids that absolutely need to be filled, Justin Verlander is is a little bit farther. He's probably five on that list. The Yankees' rotation has exceeded expectations the last two years. Would a guy like Verlander in the rotation help? Absolutely. Is a $25 to $35 million expenditure in the form of bolstering the starting rotation an absolute necessity? Absolutely not. There's Aaron Judge, who's a free agent. Um, There's giant bullpen question marks we have to answer. Uh, First base is vacant. Josh Donaldson cannot be here. Aaron Hicks cannot be here. Glaber Torres might get traded then you're talking about four other vacancies. Um, Left field is a problem. So, um, no, I don't think that this is a major talking point. I don't think that the Yankees should be involved here unless Brian Cashman has his ducks in a row, manages to take manages to trade Donaldson, Glaber, Aaron Hicks, and Isaiah Kiner-Falefa right off the bat, freeing up $50 million for us to give Judge the extension, sign a left fielder, add a Verlander, you know, and then in a couple of those trades, maybe you get a, a few relievers in return. I think Glaber could probably net you maybe a back-end starter and a middle reliever. Like, I don't think that's crazy. Um, but that would mean the Yankees have to get a lot done before even considering Verlander. So mm-hmm. this has been a talking point on Yankees Twitter. Um, we wrote about it. It's an article going up on the site tonight. I don't I, I don't know how you feel about this, Adam. I know you kind of were on board with bringing him in last offseason. I was not. I want no imprint of the Astros on this team. And we got the worst cool. imprint in Marvin Gonzalez. Um you got Garrett but, Cole. And yeah, but yeah, not really. Sort of not really. Not the um, twenty seventeen Astros. Yeah, not twenty seventeen and also like not really. He didn't willingly sign there. I don't think he really embraced Houston. Uh I could be wrong. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't think that this needs to be a priority for the Yankees. Um, I think they'll just be uh, a crutch in the bidding war, as it usually um, is for them in the offseason with bigger names. But uh, no, not for me. 
No, they clearly were just a part of the bidding war last year. People wanted yeah. us to believe that he was going to be their big swing and he was going to be like the centerpiece. For a while, the Yankees were the only team mentioned in the Verlander chase. And the Astros clearly have enough pitching to move on from Verlander. Javier is the best pitcher I've ever seen. Framber Valdez is better than Verlander at this point, yeah, even though Verlander was a Cy Young. Like, these people are better. Uh, Urquidy, Luis Garcia don't even pitch in this series. Hunter Brown, like our comments, crazy. Is, is Hunter crazy. Brown is going to be an ace next year. Uh, or in two years, he's going to be the number two or three next year. The Astros pipeline never stopped. So they could easily choose to cut bait on Verlander after this season. Uh, I wanted Verlander last offseason. I did. He wasn't my number one. He wasn't my number two. But if you told me we had him, I was not going to be the one to be like cautioning and being like, he's coming off Tommy John, though. You never know. Like, And of course, if he was a Yankee, I'm sure he would have imploded this year. And since he's an Astro, he didn't. 2017 yeah. is when I really wanted him. Uh, but at that point, I also, we didn't know what was going on. Uh, we were uh, living in, uh, you know, we were living in, uh, Yankees were in year one of their window, and the Astros had never won a World Series before. So, retroactively, it was bad. Yeah, retroactively, it's crazy the Yankees did get Verlander in 2017. But at the time, you're giving up three or four top prospects in year one of your window for someone who is seemingly on the downside of their career and when he goes to houston i'm basically like oh not the red sox great yeah, he Don't actually mind. wasn't like eh, he wasn't great though he was bad prior to 2017 no i mean no 2015 3.38 era and 20 starts 2016 3.04 era and 34 starts oh, yeah he hadn't been 20... bad since 2014 yeah 3. wait what are, we, what are we doing here yeah what the fuck why didn't they fucking do this because <laughs> i don't know i mean I, I think they were being conservative i think they thought they were in year one of something special and then when i heard he went to houston i was like all right well i, I have no feelings about the houston astros so you know whatever i'll move on and then of course he's uh phenomenal in houston and he just gets better in 18 and 19 he is a gold standard at this point he is uh i would say he is the hall of famer from this generation maybe over clayton kershaw even although it's very close between the two of them uh but now 40 year old verlander and uh, the World Series thing is starting to really bark. He has a chance to turn that around tonight. Uh, and he really, truly could flip his own narrative. But right now, it's not that small a sample size. Sample size is getting larger every day. Imagine if the Yankees were to shell out the money for Verlander now. No. After the postseason where he's being called like the World Series choker. And that's how the Yankees are solving their postseason woes by exactly. getting the guy who everybody knows loves the DS and CS and struggles in the World Series. Uh, so at this point, no, thank you. I also am not sure if he's gastro, but I feel like he's, he probably assumes at this point that he is coming back to Houston, just like he did last year when Ben Verlander broke the news. Um, like as if in case you needed any more assurance that this was like very obviously, you know, an obvious sure thing from the beginning, the news went right to his brother who was like, my brother is going back to the Houston Astros, which I still can't get over the fact that like the Fox world series post game show to discuss Verlander and the Astros always goes right to Ben Verlander. Like if the Dodgers were in the world series and it was like, and here's the post game show with Kevin Burkhardt, David Ortiz, Frank Thomas, and Brett Kershaw. You would be like, that's weird. Kind of feels a little bias maybe that guy can wait a couple years till his brother retires um it weirds me out every time but if if ben verlander's breaking it he's going to houston um i have i have much less interest in in getting verlander this offseason although i wonder where he goes if it's not back to houston texas dodgers yeah dodgers could lose kershaw uh would you put it past the mets to do this I don't know. I mean, if it's one year, I don't think that's really going to affect the Mets' long-term salary. Scherzer, if it's one or two years. Did Scherzer work? No, but, I mean, no. what are you going to – we wanted to sign Scherzer. Like, we wanted Scherzer. I, I, yeah. I'm not – you can't fault the Mets for that, but they're going to lose Bassett. They're going to lose um, – uh, there's somebody else I think they're either losing or there's no longer part of the plan. So, like, you, oh, the, I mean, DeGrom's a free agent, so yeah. – um, that's another one. So it's and tough. they're not prioritizing him, quote unquote. Yeah. They're prioritizing Diaz and Nimmo, which apparently means don't count him out in the Degrom chase. But like, yeah, he's your third priority. Yeah, they're probably not pushing that hard for him. Yeah, I wonder if uh, this guy, this Astros guy, G Man, uh, Astros fans really hate Verlander this much. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know Astros fans that well, but I mean, hey, 
I mean, Yankees fans kind of hated Garrett Cole for Austin Meadows home run and then the wild card game. So I really wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past these. This is, this is fandom, dude. This is the toxicity we're talking about, baby. Someone does something for you all season very well. And then they blow it in the one opportunity that you need them to win. And then all of a sudden they're, they're Lucifer. Um, Speaking of the Yankees pitching staff, I think we're forgetting something. You reminded us about this. Um, Matt Blake is a free agent, guys. Matt Blake, Yankees pitching coach. He's kind of revolutionized the staff. Um, he came from the Guardians uh, back when – before the 2020 season. Am I right? Um, uh, was, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you look at the Yankees, the sum of their parts. The one thing that has largely been consistent and good is the pitching staff. Um, even when the pitching staff is not good, right, with injuries or regressions, they figure it out. The bullpen was in such a precarious situation heading into this postseason, and they managed to turn it around. The bullpen was very good in the postseason for the hand that we were dealt. Um, And I think that that is a testament to Matt Blake um, and uh, the work he's done with pitchers in revamping their arsenals, their approach, their mechanics. Um, And uh, there's – I don't know how many managerial vacancies there are this offseason off the top of my head. Um, but I think other teams would kind of be stupid to overlook the work that he's done with the Yankees, who historically over the last, what, decade and a half have had very uh, have, have a great difficulty developing pitchers. And, you know, even when they brought in some of those big free agent signings, um, it, it was it was not pretty um, and they didn't adapt properly. Larry Rothschild didn't, you know, arguably didn't develop the prospects. Wasn't um, there. Arguably wasn't even there. Yeah, arguably didn't exist. Larry Rothschild doesn't exist. Good. We should make that Twitter account. Um, who got then got fired by the Padres for the same thing. So, uh, yeah, you look at – and look, Guardi, uh, Guardians coaches have gone on to, you know, Mickey Calloway. Don't really want to talk about him, but that was a guy who went. Kevin Cash, Guardians uh, pitching coach, right into a managerial role. Um, and now you're looking at Matt Blake, who – I think maybe qualified and you're looking at the new age of analytics. He's heavy analytics. He's um, he's uh, super constructive and proactive. And I think that that's what a lot of teams might, are looking for in a manager nowadays. Um, and one who would might be aligned with the front office's analytical thinking um, could lose him guys. I think that would be pretty, pretty fucking devastating. I don't know. And it's not easy to revamp these systems. Not- I think that's, what's important too. Like, Yankee fans tripped into thinking like, oh, this is just so simple. Like whatever works in the minor leagues will work in the bigs. Like we, we are the ultimate in pitching development and the ultimate in minor league offensive development. And look what happened to Elijah Dunham and Anthony Volpe. And so let's just, uh, we'll get Matt Blake from Cleveland. Oh, look, it worked. Okay. We need to do, uh, we need to do an offense Matt Blake now. Oh, we'll just get Dylan Lawson from the minor leagues because nobody's system is as good as the Yankees. We are the, we have the smartest pitching minds and the smartest offensive minds. And then we hear that their mantras hit strikes hard. And we're like, that sounds a little too simplistic, but whatever, I guess I'll believe in it. And then Dylan Lawson comes up to the bigs and very little changes. This year's offense was still not good enough to win an ALCS against the Astros. And part of that's the personnel's fault. And part of that's the fact that we don't have these lefties who can break things up and you can still have these righty relievers tunnel us. They've got their lanes and they come in and just buzzsaw people uh, year in, year out, we have not solved the Astros yet. Uh, so part of that's no LeMahieu, no Benintendi. But part of that is the fact that, you know, it's not that easy to just overhaul an offensive philosophy. It's not that easy to overhaul a pitching philosophy. And so if the Yankees think they can let Matt Blake go and hand the job over to Desi Drichel or the guys they called up from the minors who ha- are like pitching assistants and who are guys that like, oh, well, they've implemented Matt Blake's system at the minor league level and they've tutored these, you know, starters from will warren to ken waldachuk and they can just come up to the bigs and do it too it's not that easy and maybe it works and maybe they're able to carry on blake's philosophy forever but if it were that easy every team would would be able to have the seamless pipeline like the yankees would have seen no managerial drop off from casey stangle to now like things change and things change quickly and matt blake appears to be someone who's very much in control of that and and maybe his underlings are not quite the same communicators we just don't know. So the Yankees are going to need to be really careful here and should not just take Matt Blake for granted. Yeah. And as you said, second most important free agent for the Yankees. Um, another article we got going up on the site 
over the weekend, um, in-depth reading, uh, something that can't be overlooked. Um, you look at Aaron Boone's coaching staff. Is Aaron Boone the leader um, that's necessary? That's 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 able and capable to um, navigate a postseason with a team that's constantly in the crosshairs of everything, whether it's um, other teams hating them or dying to get revenge on them or dying to just show them up, or whether it's the media being extra harsh. We don't know, um, but losing maybe his most valuable asset on the staff. I mean, the, this team made overarching coaching staff changes from last year into this year. Yeah. Um, do you think it was, do you think it was Phil Nevin's fault, dude? Coaching third base was that, I mean, yes, the Yankees had a lot of outs on the base paths, but it like, was funny. Yeah, it is funny, but like are a lot of outs on the base paths really characterizing your ability to play baseball in totality in a wholesome manner is getting rid of uh, who was the other guy that left? Um, Marcus Reggie, Wh- Reggie Willits, Marcus, yeah, Reggie Tims. Willits, Marcus yeah. Tims. Like, is that like is five, like the hitting coach? Is that really may, sometimes maybe? But then this year we see kind of not. I mean, the offense did go from what nineteenth in terms of OPS or something or run scored or, or I forgot what it was, but the Yankees were like. 19th and something uh, last year, which is well, their offense has never been worse than it was in 2021. So yeah. they obviously improved it this time around, but when push came to shove, exactly. Same old. And that's the big, that's where Yankee fans care the most. It's when push comes to shove, it's not like, Oh, what are you doing during the regular season? Um, obviously they're, they're held to certain standards because they're the Yankees, but um, they, ju- as you saw during the ALCS sweep, they undid everything they did. In the, they, the division title is an afterthought. 99 wins, nobody gives a shit. Um, and I, you know, some a part of me really wishes that that wasn't the attitude. But when you have, like, like I said, one World Series win in 20 years and you've had the highest or second highest payroll 18 of those times, um, there's just a lot more left to be desired. And the focus shifts to things that are more, to stuff that's more pressing and stuff that's more prevalent. How is your postseason performance? The thing that only matters is, as you see in the expanded playoff field, just get to the postseason in any playoff field. And in the NBA, the NBA, half the team makes the playoffs. Just got to get there. Maybe you can, maybe the seven seed can upset the two seed. Who knows? NFL. NFL is a fucking crazy circus, dude. You get in as a wild card team, there is a very good chance, very good chance you can get to the Super Bowl. A lot of teams have done it. A lot of teams have won the Super Bowl in that instance. Um, so now all you have to do in MLB because of the expanded playoff field is just get in. Just get in, have the right matchup, have the right guys for the occasion. And the Yankees have gotten in every year since 2018. And we're supposed to be the team. One of the, at least, at least the last two years, because, you know, theoretically the AL field has weakened mm-hmm. um, the last three years, I guess, because 2020 as well, when the Astros were bo- what, below 500 in the shortened season and made the playoffs. Um, so yeah, that's just how it's viewed differently. And I think, I don't know. They made coaching changes for the better and still were taken to the brink by an inferior team in the Guardians and then got absolutely mocked by a superior team in the Astros. And now you're going to subtract arguably the most valuable, like tangibly valuable asset. That that I think that's going to be – that could be very bad. Yeah, save a couple extra dollars for Matt Blake. Do the Aaron Judge thing too. If you want to bring Rizzo back, wouldn't say no. Uh, yeah, the 99 wins – was to honor Judge, in fact. And the O for 4 in the ALCS, I guess, was also to honor Judge's playoff performance. Uh, that's it for this edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. Uh, people are asking, where the G-Man? Where's the best pizza joint where we're from? Uh, I mean, my favorite is Rose's Pizza across the street from Penn Station. Used to be in Penn Station. Uh, by across the street, I guess. Across the street from Madison Square Garden. not And also Penn Station. What is uh, MSG, get your pizza. So what's your pizza spot, Thomas? I mean, I lived up in Harlem for so long and I went to a place called Uncle Tony's, um, but that might be too, that's probably too far for a lot of people. The Yankees um, eat at Lucali in Brooklyn. Uh, everybody does. Like the Nets team dinner was there. Jimmy Kimmel was there when he was in town. That's a spot I got to try because I'm not even like a pizza guy, to be yeah. honest. I, I love it. It's good, but I'm never like, I'm trying to seek out breweries. Like if there's a local brewery, I'm like, got to yeah. try that. Pizza is not on my list. I don't need to find the best pizza, but if there's a good pizza, 
feed it yeah. to me. I'd like to yeah, eat John's it. Pizza, Bleecker Street Pizza. Those are Prince those Street. Are Prince Street's really yeah, good. Prince Street Pizza is great. Um, um, so come visit G Man. Uh, we yeah. got the pizza hooking for you. Thanks for enjoying the show. Hopefully, it seemed like you did. Uh, that's it for this edition of the Inks Go Yard podcast. Uh, you can find us Mondays and Thursdays, two o'clock Eastern normally. Obviously, eleven o'clock Eastern today. It seemed like a lot of you showed up, so maybe time to think about a time adjustment. Who knows? Uh, that's uh, above my head, above my pay grade. Uh, no, it's not. Uh, that is our pay grade. Anyway, uh, <laughs> you can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you get your podcasts. Drop us those five star reviews, mailbag questions. Uh, if you liked what you saw, you can get the audio yourself on every podcast platform. And while you're there, uh, listen to uh, Mark Marin, another good podcast. But if you're looking for a Yankees podcast, hopefully you choose us. Thanks so much for choosing us today. Uh, you won't see me for a couple of weeks. Tom Scarinante will be handling the shows next week. Uh, but until, uh, you know, if you want to talk to me in the in the downtime, make sure to find me on Twitter at Adam Weiner. I'm still there, not paying $8 to get verified, but I will remain on the platform. Thomas Carinante, where can the people find you? At Tommy's underscore takes. You can find us, official Yanks Go Yard Twitter account, at Yanks Go Yard FS. Talk to us there. Uh, head on over to YanksGoYard.com. Uh, lots and lots of content. We prep for the weekend. We're looking ahead. We're trying to get people informed, keep the discussion going. Um, a lot of viewers, we appreciate the support. Uh, can't forget about the fans in the UK. How could we? Um, but anyway, Adam, good luck this weekend. Have a great wedding. I'll be there, guys. So yeah. you know, maybe I'll send, maybe I'll put some live videos on the Yanks Go Yard uh, Twitter account. Um, but yeah, until that next time, everybody, I'll be talking to you on Monday and Thursday of next week. We'll see kind of how things unfold. Maybe we do an impromptu episode if there's some free agency action. Um, so yeah, enjoy your weekend and uh, wish Adam the best of luck, everyone. Thanks. Thanks, y'all. And to Mattress Mac, fuck you. <laughs>